morning. Welcome to the Zion Church of Curtin live stream coming to you this morning from the sanctuary here in Curtin. Uh, we are so glad that you're joining us from wherever you are this morning. And uh, as we begin our time of worship here in this facility, we hope that you can worship as well, wherever you may be this morning. Um, we're going to begin with a couple of songs this morning. One that I think is very appropriate for us in this time of hope. All creatures of our God and King. And to that end, let us join our voices together and sing. The lyrics should be available to you in the Facebook live stream. Feel free to follow along and sing along wherever you are.
moment. Gee, it's good to worship with you this morning. I wanted to talk to you about a few things, but first I want to know about your God sightings this week. Mine was last night. There was an Oriole that came to my bird feeder. And you don't see those very often down here, but it's a beautiful orange and black bird. Another one that was sent to me was Miss Claire sent me a picture of a bee on a cucumber bloom and made me really jealous because I love cucumbers. So, don't know what yours was this week, but I had some really special ones. Today, I want to talk to you about junk food. So, I brought my lunch. You see, back when I went to school, we had brown bags. We didn't have pretty lunch boxes. And we put our name on them because everybody else had a brown bag. So, I brought lunch this morning just in case Aubrey goes a little too long.
and consequently with that came the fall. So believing upon God is believing in his word, believing in his promises, and the effect that that has on us spiritually, intimately and spiritually. And no better place is that reflected than throughout uh, the book of Psalms. And so I'm going to share with you this morning a few select readings out of Psalm 138 and 139 as we prepare ourselves for worship service, as we prepare ourselves to believe upon the promises of God, to believe God in His Word, and to believe God, what He has done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And to look at this few verses that we're going to see in the most intimate way God conveys it to us in the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and like Martin Luther said, pay particular attention to the personal pronouns. Because we as Christians need to see how the promises of God come from his person to our person, to his son Jesus Christ. O oh Lord, you have searched and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path. And my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before the word, before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they would be more than the sand in the seas. And when I awake or asleep, Lord, you are always with me. So I bow down toward your holy temple, and I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have, above, you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called on you, you answered me, and the strength of my soul was increased. And though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. And the Lord will fulfill all his purposes concerning me. And your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. And you will never forsake the work of your hands. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together this morning. We praise you. We desire to understand and to know the fullness of your word because in it becomes the exalted knowledge of you, Lord. And in that we understand through the new covenant of Jesus Christ to believe upon the promises of a great God, a majestic God, a holy God, granting unto us fallen sinners the personal promises binding us to your word, to your heart, to your way, and to your eternity, through your covenant given with sins forgiven in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name I pray. Amen. I have said over the years that uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, do ministry that I don't believe in coincidence. And, uh, I've seen it over and over and over again from the selection as you come into a worship service, a selection of songs, uh, children's moments, uh, the uh, uh, scripture reading, prayer. Um, yeah, my message this week is about God's side. It really is. I mean, if you have eyes to see, let see. Um, you had challenged us with that. And then Paul talking about, uh, you know, in in a large part the promises of God. And, and Mark's song selection this morning. We've not visited. Uh, we had spent time together. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. It'll just be, uh, you'll see that what God does, that unique way. He He's going to be glorified. God is going to be glorified in how He brings all those things together. 
and, and we're obviously encouraged and uh, we're just strengthened uh, with that knowledge and then the evidence we see it. I do want to say to you uh, quickly, uh, just in the form of announcement, a couple of them, uh, our Zim, our Zion Youth Ministry, and uh, talked to most of our kids this week. It's been exciting. Uh, we're starting up this Wednesday night, 6.30. We'll start at 6.30. We've already sent out an email. We'll send out another email. I'm individually calling the parents and uh, visiting with them. So 6.30 this Wednesday, we'll start our Zim right here. Uh, we're going to continue to do our Facebook Live broadcast on that, but we will do that starting this Wednesday again. And then church, uh, our corporate worship, uh, open to the public will actually begin next uh, on the 10th, next Sunday at 10 o'clock. We won't be having a Sunday school. Uh, I've been calling folks, individuals, uh, members, and just sending the email out, plus making a phone call and, uh, and we're working out details as we move forward. And, and God grants us the opportunity to open the doors here and have a corporate worship together. And so those are just a couple of things. <coughs> So, Kenzie Anderson, uh, she's my joke teller, and let me see, i got to get here yet. So, she's, I got some jokes for, from her this week, let me see how, I, okay, alright, we go. So, and she just encouraged me, if you, if you know Kenzie, she's just a delight. And uh, So, she gave me three jokes uh, this week. Why do ducks make good detectives? Don, Don Beasley, I'm asking. Why do ducks make good detectives? I have no idea. They always quack the case. <laughs> and Kizzy, I'm just going to tell you. I wish you were here. Okay. And then, uh, what do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? This, yeah, what do you get when you cross a dinosaur with a pig? See that? I have no idea. Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. And then the last one. Uh, I thought this was really cute. So, Mark, what's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dubai? Dubai and Abu Dubai. I have no idea. What's the difference? People in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> Okay, forgive me. I love them, and I thought they were great. So it is good to have some fellowship together and uh, be family and share our, our laughter. Um, I'm going to have uh, three scripture readings this morning as we go to our lesson. Uh, I'm going to start in the 13th chapter of Matthew. Those of you at home, open your uh, Bible to the first gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 13. I'm also going to be reading a section out of Romans chapter 8 and Colossians chapter 1. So we'll begin in Matthew 13, we'll go to uh, Romans chapter 8, and then Colossians and chapter 1. And Jesus uh, is teaching uh, in this 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, in the beginning of verse 10, he <coughs> makes this statement, uh, it, well, the disciples came and said to him, his disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? asking the Lord, why does he speak uh, to the crowds in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Hmm. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because, because that seems pretty harsh, um, this statement. When you put it under a microscope, you think that's pretty, pretty harsh. I'm not sure, in, I think the way a man might look at that or approach that is that that doesn't sound very fair. But he gives uh, an answer in defense of that. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because, because. While seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. Nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, he said, there's a reason, and the Bible has supported it. 
uh, Isaiah is being fulfilled, this prophecy. Uh, you will keep on, and this is out of the sixth chapter of Isaiah, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You'll keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. There's a reason people don't see. And there's a reason people don't hear. And it's because of a dull heart. And with their ears they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes. Lest they should see with their ears and hear with their ears. Or see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And understand with their heart and return and I shall heal them. Now he says to his disciples, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Now, in the 8th chapter of Romans, uh, I'm going to read this verse. It's a verse that is well known. Um, and uh, and it's just this great teaching. Um, and I'm going to begin in verse 27. 8th chapter of Romans, verse 27. And he, and he, God, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, which is Christ. And listen to this. This is one of these well-quoted verses. But I'm not going to stop at this verse because we'll quote this verse. Many will quote this verse and they don't uh, connect the rest of it, the real principle of the teaching. So verse 28. And we know... We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Now, I've heard that section of the passage, that scripture quoted. Uh, I couldn't give you the number, but I hear that, and I've heard it, and I've spoken it. And, but they stop. Many times we will stop there, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. I like that. Hmm, now let's go. To those who are called according to His purpose. So now it's a select, isn't it? And, and the select is based upon what? Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What's, what then shall we say, this is so good, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all, for all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? We'll bring a charge against God's elect. God is the one who justifies. Um, God said, He who has eyes to see, let him see, and he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I, I shared uh, this with our Zim group on Wednesday night. Um, I, and as again, I, I, I have said many, many times that I don't believe in coincidence. Uh, Tuesday night, it's been a week and a half ago, we were in, the, uh, in our backyard over here. Off, uh, we're pretty close to uh, Highway 21. And it was probably 9, 9.30 at night. Tammy and Logan and Danica and I were in the backyard. We heard this horrible sound out here on the highway. And obviously it was a wreck. And so we jumped in the truck and went over to Highway 21. And we were the first ones to come on a, uh, a wreck. A, uh, a four-door, three-quarter ton pickup had flipped over. It was completely flipped over. It was the only uh, vehicle in the accident. Uh, and so it looked just terrible. Uh, the driver's side, uh, well, it was crushed. I mean, it was just crushed. And even the front passenger seat and the driver's side uh, rear seat, it was just flattened. There was only one place in the truck that, that hadn't been flattened and it, as it had flipped, and it was the rear uh, passenger side. And in that rear passenger side, there was a gentleman sitting up there. Um, and the first thing, he, he was cognizant. And uh, of course, you're concerned. And, uh, but he could, you know, he could, he could communicate. And uh, Logan asked him if he could pray with him, and, and he said yes. And we wrote 911, and 911 said to us, you know, don't touch him, Just don't touch him. We've got somebody on the way. 
And uh, while Logan was praying for him, he raised his hand and he said, God, give me your graces. And I immediately just standing there, what I saw, my God side, was that the only, the only way that this gentleman could have survived this wreck was where God put him, where God placed him. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Um, and, uh, and he was inebriated, you could tell. Stench of alcohol was, uh, he, he was everywhere. Of course, even his communication. And so it was a really uh, sad side again. I thought, okay, nobody was hurt, nobody's been killed. Uh, thank you, Lord. But it was very obvious um, that there's only one place that anybody that might have been involved uh, in that accident would, could have survived. And it was exactly where he was, sitting up in an upside-down truck in the only area of the truck that wasn't uh, crushed. So I made a little note that I was going to, I, I need, no, I don't know this guy, I've never met him, the EMTs got there, we left, but I had made a little note that I was going to uh, find out you know, who this gentleman was, try to contact him, and just go through the authorities and, and just try to contact him and just share with him. I don't know you, have never met you, uh, but I would just say to you that if you, if you don't know this, uh, God wasn't through with you. That God saved you. Um, and so that was Tuesday a week ago, week and a half ago. So Thursday afternoon I went uh, to one of our, I went to have coffee with one of our elders and we were visiting and I asked him, I told him what had happened, and he went on the computer and he found the Brazos County, uh, the arrest record, and here it was. The picture of the gentleman, it was his fourth DWI, first one it was in 02, uh, he was 52 years old, um, and uh, it just kind of told the story from, from that page. So I knew, I knew a name and I had some information, and so this last Wednesday I had even actually shared in our men's uh, morning Bible study that I was going to contact uh, him and just briefly again share uh, what we had seen at sight. And uh, so uh, that that was Wednesday, just uh, this last Wednesday. We're doing some work here uh, at the house, and we were going to Callaway Lumber. If you know Bryan College Station, uh, Callaway Lumber is right down from the Brazos County Jail. I had my son with me. I, I didn't. Uh, they were working here initially, and this is important. I didn't, I didn't, I said, no, you just stay here. So, well, Dad, let me go with you. He's doing the building and he'd know about the lumber. I thought, well, I need a list. But I said, well, okay, he's pretty persistent. Um, and so uh, he went with me and we're driving up and we're right there at that corner. And uh, my son looks over and he said, Dad, that guy just got out of jail. And I looked over and it was him, it was this gentleman. And I immediately pulled in, there's a gas station there, and I said, hey, 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 we visited, we began to talk, and the communication between us, and I shared with him who I was, we were the first ones there, what I had seen, and just what I had prayerfully wanted to, uh, to share with him, that God, listen, you survived that wreck only by the mighty hand of God. And then God obviously has something in store for you. And you, you can tell that it made an impact he had a fiance coming from just south of Johnson City. Um, so we go back to his phone. Uh, we didn't have a charger, so I call uh, the lady that's coming to pick him up. What a wonderful, 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 kind spirited lady. Um, and she was coming, and she was going to be in Caldwell in about 20 minutes. So I said, Well, we'll just bring him there. We'll meet him in Caldwell. So we get in the truck. I'm learning his whole story, his life, as quickly as you can. Uh, we're sharing each other's lives and experience. Um, and we get in the call, we pull up next to it, there's a gray Ford pickup truck there. They get out and embrace each other. And, uh, to me, it was very obvious, the sighting, uh, this woman had the spirit of Christ in her. There was just no doubt. Uh, you could just see it. Uh, and so uh, they're hugging each other. The gentleman that was in the gray Ford pickup, he and his wife, uh, they reached out to us. He's a pastor. This gentleman's a pastor. And he's a pastor. Uh, out of Burnett, Texas, which is between Burnett and Johnson City. Um, his wife uh, got out. They had come to Caldwell and looked for an RV. His wife got out of the truck and she had a $100 bill and she said, look, uh, one of our church members gave us this $100 bill this week. 
and said, if you, anybody that needs it, you just give it to them. And so they, they didn't want to take it. I said, look, don't steal this lady's blessing. They took it. We all exchanged phone numbers. Come to find out where he pastors is about six miles from where they live. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I don't know if, uh, I don't know what the odds on all of that would be. I, I just don't know. Uh, right out here on Highway 21, eight miles north of Bryan College Station, uh, God bringing those people together, the, what you visually saw, uh, what God would place in my heart, uh, the fact, because I will tell you, had my son not been with me, I wouldn't have noticed that he had gotten out of jail. I, 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 it was oblivious to me. Now you just, I don't believe in coincidence. And to be able to talk to him, and then to pull up in that parking lot and have that pastor there, I'm actually familiar with that church as well. And so, God brought all that together. And let it also, uh, uh, we have a relationship with a ministry down in Corpus Christi uh, for personal uh, reasons, uh, the drug and alcohol faith-based treatment uh, ministry. And in fact, it's called Roloff Ministries. It's been there for, I don't know, 60, 70 years. Um, and we visited with him about would he be willing to go to this, uh, to this ministry. He said he absolutely would. Um, and so we contacted the pastor. The pastor said, we'll take him for free. We'd love to have it. Their success rate is very high. It is faith-based, fundamentally conservative, uh, really being led by God's word and his love. And so we're just moving forward from there. I get a call from the guy's attorney. I'm giving you not a whole information. Um, the attorney had actually found out that he was in jail. He had not had any contact with him. He was handling a previous DWI from two years prior. And somehow, through I, I just looking at court records, oh, so-and-so is back in jail again. He called. He made arrangements for him to bail out on that day at that time. Now, once again, if you start looking at all the things that are taking place here and, and, and the odds of any of that, it probably would have been a pretty good day to play the lottery. But it's... God brought all that together. He who has eyes to see, let him see. And the reason we don't see is because maybe we have a dull heart or, 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 or we just, we're callous. Um, and, uh, but if we, if we have the eyes that see, what do we see? Or what can we see? We can witness and we can see the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God. Now, there are several things that are taking place. The gentleman has a court hearing tomorrow. Um, and, uh, Brian, I've been asked by the attorney to come and, and share uh, my experience and what happened. Um, the ministry of Corpus is willing to take him. The district attorney is not so sure that he's going to uh, allow him to go to the ministry for 10 months or revoke his bond and, and, uh, and pursue it that way. So I'm prayerful about that. I have had the opportunity. I got to visit with him the last several days. And, and I shared with him. I said again, what you have to do then is trust God. If you've not learned to trust God, please, please open your eyes and your ears. It may be God's will that you go to jail. And it may be God's will that you go to prison. And we preach out of the Gospel of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, if you want to pray, if you need to pray, if you're going to pray, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that's a hard concept for us. It's like that candy lunch. You know, it really is. We, we want that, that candy lunch. Uh, I, want a, I want a soft serving of Jesus. I don't want to hear, I don't want that protein. What the writer of Hebrews says, we got milk. And we need to be in meat. And there's meat. We need, to, we need to be nurturing ourselves, our spirit, and our mind, and our body, and our heart with the understanding that the sovereign God of all the creation, the sovereign God of all the creation, 
His will is going to be done. And he has knowledge that you and I don't. And, and yet that writer wrote, what did he say? He said, it, listen, he knows. He's always known. Did you ever stop and think God has never had a random thought? God has never at any point in his life ever said, I wonder what I'm going to do today. <laughs> he wouldn't be God. He's never had a thought, well, I wonder what Aubrey's going to do today. He's never had to guess. And in spite of everything that he knows about me, and all my flaws, and my weakness, and my sin, and my flesh, it says, yes, all things work for the good of those who love the Lord, who call according to his purpose, because he knows, he, he had a predetermined, predestined, he knows what he was going to do, what he is going to do, what he knows. And you can base it upon one thing and only one thing. You can trust that. If I told you that I had that ability, you couldn't trust it. But the reason you can trust that statement and not be uh, under duress from it is because of what does he say? He said about his son, because in verse 32, he did not spare his own son. But delivered him, uh, delivered him up for us all. How will he not also with him truly give us all things? I can trust the predetermined, predestined knowledge of God to do the right thing. Couldn't trust me to do it. Never met a man that I could trust to do it. But I can trust God to do it. He's sovereign in all things. And he who has eyes to see that see who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to read one verse out of Colossians. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, um, this will be my sermon starting next week. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, the very first verse says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes uh, this letter to the Colossians. And, and he writes about what God has done through his son. In verse 16 it says, For by him, this is Christ, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and visible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were, have been created by him and for him. That, this ought to be a daily Bible reading reminder, and it will help us uh, in our God side. It'll really help us in our God side. Because if you believe in spiritual warfare, the one thing that Satan doesn't want you and I to do is as we get up in the morning and we live through the course of the day, he doesn't want you and I to see the sovereign will of God in any and everything. The rising of the sun, the setting of the sun, the stars that are hung in the heavens, the birds that we can hear if we're listening, the, the changing of the seasons. He taught parables about those kinds of things so that he who has eyes to see can see. But if you've got a dull heart, dull heart you won't see it. And if we're so caught up in the daily rendering and struggles of, and, and the lust and the pleasures of a temporary life, our heart will always be dull. And we'll never be able to see. And we'll always be desiring candy and the next sweet thing that is temporary. But we need to stand upon the promises of God. God made a promise going all the way back to the creation. When man fell because of their sin, he said, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to take care of that. This serpent, this demonic evil spirit satanic you'll have a moment, you'll strike you'll strike the heel of my son of my sacrifice, of my atoning life but he's going to crush your head he's going to pray, you can see it you can see it in the midst of a pandemic you can see it in the midst of a financial crisis in your life you, if you have eyes to see. But if you have a dull heart, you never will. But when we begin to believe that 
uh, all things have been created by him and for him, and then I'm finishing here, listen to this, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We'll read it again, for by him all things were created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Through Christ, by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Everything you can see, everything you cannot see, was created by Christ. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by Christ, by Him, and Him, and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He lets eyes to see them. When your life is falling apart, when your life has become a wreck, there's not enough money, there's not enough friends, there's not strong enough family, there's not enough personal power in our weakness. Paul learned that lesson, the Apostle Paul. He had a conversation with the Lord after many prayers. You read about it in 2 Corinthians. He prayed three times. In fact, God sent a messenger from Satan to buffet his flesh to keep him from exalting himself. He prayed three times. Christ said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient. Through your weakness, my weakness, his power is perfected. He who has eyes to see, let him see. I can trust him because he's before all things. Everything has been you and I live and exist and breathe because of the will of God. He holds us together. We learn to trust that. Joseph would say in the book of Genesis, through all his suffering, he would say at the end of his at the end of that book, he would say to people, his own family, his brothers that conspired against him, he would say, What man intended for evil, God intended for good. He who has eyes to see, let him see. You going through a hard time right now? Your heart can become dull, and your vision can become blind, and your ears can become deaf, because you do not see the sovereign will of God even in our suffering. I will trust Christ in my suffering more than I'll trust anything or anyone. And why wouldn't I? If you don't believe He holds things, everything together, all you have to do is look to the cross. And all the darkness, disease, Desperation and failure and sin and brokenness and deception that men have put upon each other. Corrupt governments, evil rulers, sinful people. The one who holds it all together, then with arms that were spread, spread across what the Bible calls as a curse. And they drove spikes into his hands and his feet. He created the wood they hung him on. He created the spikes that were driven into his flesh, the whips that beat him, the thorns that were pushed down into his head, and all the cruel people who spoke violent, lying, deceptive things about him. said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was holding it together for your night on the cross. And he's not quit. He's not resigned. He's not gotten tired. He's not gotten fed up. The scripture says his face is continually towards the Father, making intercession for you and I. Pleading on behalf of you and I to his Father. He who has eyes to see, let him see. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, we just love you. Teach us to trust in you. If our eyes are dull and our hearing is dull and our heart is callous, Father, we ask that you remove it all. Please, just remove it all. 
We love you. We need you, Father. Help us to just trust you more. And I know we can because of your Son. It's in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen. Mark Bendixson is going to lead us in a closing hymn. He'll have uh, a benediction for us. And uh, again, I just want to state to you that we, uh, we're going to be having a corporate worship uh, beginning uh, next Sunday. But we're, uh, we're going to continue with our Facebook Live broadcast. So those of you who don't live here and are uh, listening in, we're just so thankful that we have the opportunity to share our lives with you through worship. Uh, Mark. We're going to close this morning's service by singing a hymn that I think is very appropriate during this time when we've had time of reflection, but we also have had a time of hope. And the song is Shelter in the Time of Storm. The words you'll find are in the Facebook live stream. I encourage you to sing along from your heart.